Welcome to Tips from Trestle. This podcast is dedicated to discussing the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, and leadership. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. As a 25-year veteran of the hospitality industry, I've focused my work on creating exceptional experiences for the customers we serve. My goal for this podcast? Educate, inform, and inspire leaders in senior living to bring food and hospitality to the front of mind in our industry. Let's bring the innovative and passionate spirit of hospitality to everything that we do. For the residents, families, guests, and employees we serve each and every day. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Today on Tips from Trestle, I have Lisa Eberhardt. She is a registered dietitian and licensed dietitian nutritionist. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Institution Management and Dietetics from Iowa State University. She has over 25 years experience working as a registered dietitian, 13 of which were full-time with North Carolina State University. Lisa and her team helped NC State Dining become a leader in nutrition and wellness, excelling in technology, food management systems, and ingredient transparency. While at NC State, Lisa and Randy Lay, 2019 Silver Plate winner, created a company called Menu Analytics. Lisa now works full-time with Menu Analytics LLC, a consulting company that helps food services provide accurate nutrition and allergy information to their customers. Lisa, thanks for joining me today on Tips from Trestle. I'm excited to join you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, we, we connected because there was an interesting thread on LinkedIn where we started talking about menu transparency uh, and in senior living. And I got intrigued because one of the things that I'm very passionate about, very forward about, is I get very frustrated with how behind the times I feel senior living food service can be. You know, we're very much operating and have expectations of a restaurant, yet we don't seem to want to run our business that way. And so I know you do a lot of work with menu transparency for restaurants and and college food service. And I feel like this is something that we're going to have to eventually deal with in senior living. And so uh, I wanted to kind of get your take and and get kind of some background on what you deal with on a day-to-day basis uh, and then kind of talk a little bit more about senior living. So Talk to us a little bit about how you define menu transparency. Well, I think it's, it should be how the customer defines menu transparency. And the mm. customer definitely, our customer now, all food services customer, including senior living, expect to be able to know what's in the foods they're eating. And they expect to have some information about those foods. And I think that college and university started that about 20 years ago where the expectation was there. It took them about 10 years to get to a point where they could, where many, many schools have complete transparency, but um, restaurants, there's the same expectation because people just wanna be able to go on a website or an app and look at what's in the food. There are millions of people in the United States that have food allergies, which makes it a huge issue for them to know what's in their food. And you don't want that veto factor in the car with you, which says, where should we go to eat? Well, if people need to have a transparent menu or need to know what's in the food they're eating, they're 
they're going to leave out a lot of really good places they could be eating. Um, so I think it's in everyone's best interest to become more transparent. The, the food service at senior living is really special to me now because I have my in-laws were at a very lovely high-end senior living and my parents are now at a high-end senior living, but the transparency is not there. And the, the wait staff and the chefs and the other culinarians spend a lot of time trying to answer questions that are hard for them to answer that have a lot to do with satisfaction. And I think if an older person that's in um, a beautiful place that they worked hard their whole life to be able to be and taken care of well, they um, have an expectation that they'll be able to know what's in the food they're eating. So yeah, senior living is going to have to do it. Yeah. And I think some of the, the frustration, and, and you can tell me, I know you've worked with some senior living clients. Some of the frustration, at least from my experience as an operator, is you know, there's technology available uh, to use, but there's not always an investment in that technology for by senior living operators because it doesn't come across as a necessity, as something that they have to do, right? It's not like it's the, um, you know, medical records, right? So we need right. to make those electronic so they're easy to access, easy to use. But when it comes to food service, I mean, there are many operators that are still working off of pen and paper a lot of times. And so uh, I'm curious to talk maybe a little bit about that and kind of what you do um, on the commercial side to, to support those menu, transparency, menu transparency and what, uh, what kind of success maybe senior living operators can have with it. I think that in restaurants, sometimes they have even fewer resources than some senior living. Um, but they they understand some understand that even if it's not required, you know, restaurants aren't required till they get to 20 units. Any food service is not required till 20 units with the same or similar menu. And um, but they understand that when they want to franchise and grow, it's really important to have standard recipes that, you know, the actual cost of the recipe mm -hmm. and you can replicate it over and over at the same level, same culinary level. And they start to understand that nutrition analysis is actually a gateway to having your recipe standardized and, and it actually saves them money. So yeah. the cost of nutrition analysis is really not that high. My company charges $125 a recipe. So if you have, you know, 30 recipes or whatever, having that nutrition analysis automatically standardizes your recipe because I can't do it unless it's a it's a recipe that's actually written down mm -hmm. <laughs> and has ingredients that you actually know what they are and um and has it has to have all of the um all the methods that you're going to use because they have an impact on the nutrition so do you fry it do you saute it do you put it in the oven and all those things have to be spelled out which in the end makes the food service um actually more profitable at NC State, we, we decided to be completely transparent. We had 28 different units. We had wow. different three dining halls, three fine dining facilities, a bunch of quick service and uh, um, casual. And we decided to do it. And we really found out that it actually saved money. Every year we went up a million for three years, a million dollars in spend. Um, in, well, in, in sales, and then we went 110, around $100,000 um, lower in food costs. And the reason why we had that happening was because 
recipes finally were standard. We knew exactly what we needed in those recipes, you know, because sometimes when you write a recipe, there, there's some nuance to it. And um, yeah. that's my kindest way to put it. There's some nuance. And in the nuance, it depends on who's in there making the dish and how much they're going to use of different ingredients. And that makes a big impact on the cost of that recipe. So if everything's based on pricing and you're trying to maintain a, some good food cost, you really need to have those recipes tightened up. And a real simple way to do it is get it nutritionally analyzed because that tightens up your recipes. Yeah, you know, I want. I think there's a there's a disconnect about what you're saying. You know, the the standardized recipes, because you know, there's a lot of conversation about well, hire yourself a really good chef. Hire yourself a really good chef. Well, you know, in my experience, it's you need to have a good chef. You need to have somebody who understands kitchen management and who can manage and run that operation. But there's oftentimes a lot of extra leeway given because oh, I've got a trained chef. I don't need, they can write menus. They can create recipes. They know how, they know how to make lasagna. Why do I need to give them a recipe? And I think that's a huge mistake that we make in senior living. You know, it's funny, you mentioned the 20 units serving a similar menu. I also, also wonder how many operators probably would fall into that category right now and don't even realize it. Um, you know, because of the way we, we sometimes manage the naming of communities and, and how those structures are set up. And so I, I think there's probably more to it than a lot of operators realize. So, yeah. um, I don't think the law itself is what's going to push people to do it, though. I'm right. a, a big proponent of I think the customer is going to push people to do it. And senior living has to take into account as a cost. You know, they just like all food service right now, they are struggling for people to work mm-hmm. and um, just using up your very valuable food service professionals time, trying to answer a question that is hard to answer. Um, you know, cause usually the wait staff would have to go back and talk to the chef and the chef would have to go maybe look at some boxes or bring something out to the, to the client and say, well, this is what I put in it. Um, and I think that's a huge waste of time. And yeah. once you got that more standardized, it frees up the wait staff to just really be a hospitality professional mm-hmm. and the, the culinarian to really be a chef. And yeah. it, to me, it, it'll happen because customers will ask the questions and eventually management will understand that this is just taking us off course. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it. I mean, getting your staff the knowledge they need to do their job, right? I just sit here and think about, okay, the chef can't be there seven days a week, three meals a day to answer those questions, like of what, what goes into it. Are we going to trust a, a line cook to be able to go and answer those questions if they don't have the, the recipe or the knowledge or the training? I, I think you're, you're right on with that. Um, you mentioned this being driven by customers, and I thought that it was a nice segue into one of the things I wanted to talk to you about a little bit is, you know, I, our customer base in senior living, I think is evolving, not just the resident is changing a little bit, you know, we're starting to get those older boomers moving in, but I think you have to think also about like, who's helping make the decision, right? So we're not, it's not boomers helping make the decision. Now you've got older millennials and Gen X children 
who are helping their parents and grandparents trying to make that decision. And their expectation of food service is completely different than the customers we've dealt with over the past few years. And so I, I, I'm just wondering with some of the clients you've worked with, if you've experienced them, them coming to you with this as part of their, their drive for making the change um, and what you've seen. Yeah, I, I know that that's the case because of my in-laws and my parents. The, during the pandemic, I know there were a lot of us out there who had parents that were flabbergasted that they couldn't order remotely online that they had to, a lot of a lot of senior living down to paper and pencil yeah. circling certain things and the, and I got some feedback that they felt like their clients didn't have the technology prowess to handle an app or other things that we would utilize of course in seen, in um, college and university right but I think they're wrong because I know that my parents are in their 80s but they could do it and my in-laws were in their late late 80s and early 90s and they definitely had the um, technology prowess, but the more important thing was their children did and their yeah. children wanted to be able to look at what the menus were remotely and advise their parents, especially as a dietitian, I wanted to advise my parents on what they should be ordering. And, um, and it was really hard to understand why they senior living hadn't gotten to that level. Yeah, I think technology is definitely a frustration point. Well, and it goes back to what we were talking about in general, right? There doesn't seem to be uh, a priority per se around food service technology. You know, I know a lot of operators are are beginning to use point of sale, um, and there are a lot of companies out there that have integration with menu management tools and, and all of those things, which is great. But that's all stemming from you know other sectors of food service. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, especially myself as an operator, I would look at some of those tools and think, man, these are really overly complicated. I don't necessarily need all of this information. Um, and I wonder how much of that drives some of the decision making. Uh, have you seen anything like that where operators are like, let's more than we need. We need something not quite as complicated. Yeah, I think some of the legacy software like Seaboard and some other softwares mm -hmm. that people may be using are really difficult to manage. But there are some new um, new softwares out there that are super simple and will give people what they just what they need and not with not all the other bells and whistles as far as um, nutrition information. But also you can hire somebody to come in and just analyze your recipes and then keep your database up. So then you don't have to do that. And you could, you know, we've changed this recipe, make this tweak, send us the information. Um, but there are better, simpler, more streamlined softwares. One of them that I, that I have worked with actually is Galley, which is um, an interesting software that I think would be really helpful in senior living because it has the capability to um, link all your information to, so it would link it at the ingredient level. And then when your chef builds a recipe, it automatically builds the nutrition analysis. And I think that gives your, your chef more flexibility and it's really user-friendly. It's not cumbersome. Difficult. Yeah. I don't I mean, sell that, but I just think that's an interesting one that's pretty streamlined. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of being able to tell your chef, I, I don't care what you put in the recipe. I don't care how you build it. Your your talent is creating, right? So mm -hmm. go create. But when you're done creating, I need you to put it 
the recipe in here so the rest of your staff can recreate it too. And then it does the rest of the work for you. That's that's great. Um, also the cost issue. I think yeah. many senior living, well, any type of food service operator is gonna be very focused on cost. Like right. that we live and die by cost. So just saying, well, how do, if you build a recipe and you actually build it in a system, you know how much it costs and you can track your costs. And that's super important to being successful in food service. Yeah, I do think it's going to take a little bit of adjustment. You know, you know, we're still, you know, a couple of years ago before the pandemic, I was at a conference and they were talking about food waste and food waste in senior living being somewhere around 20 percent where other industries, food sector, service sectors are like eight or nine percent. And it just it floors me. And I think about all that food cost that you're talking about, like being able to not only know what's the input, but understanding the output as well. And that recipe is going to tell you all of that if you follow it correctly. Yeah. Um, I, so with your experience in college food service, I, I feel like this is something that is, is it will pertain to senior living here in the very near future. You know, we're, we're starting to see um, providers and operators start to create their own concepts inside of senior living. Um, you know, grab and go or cafes and things of that nature. How does menu labeling and menu transparency become more important in that setting than maybe just your traditional dining room? Well, I think in grab and go, it's expected and people are going to want to know. And, um, and you, the cost again, if you don't know what's in there and you don't know exactly how much you're putting in each one, people want to have consistent product, especially in a grab and go operation. But I think you're spot on that senior living is, is 10 years behind college and university, but they're going down the exact same path where they either do self-branded concepts or they bring in a brand to be on their campus or, um, and they have to have, you know, different, different types of platforms that are going to keep people engaged. Because remember in college and university, you're going to have those people for four years. In senior living, I, I don't know what the average amount of time someone spends, but they're going to get fatigued with the menu and other things. So they need to have different, you know, platforms where people can customize what they want, put together like a stir fry platform or a pasta bar that has different pasta sauces. And all those things are things that's, that college and universities had to grapple with and figure out a way to make that also be transparent and um, figure out a way to communicate to the customer what was in the food, an ever-changing menu, not just a cycle menu, but, it's, but a cycle menu with lots of different options and platforms within that cycle. Uh, I think there's a lot that can be taken away from college and, you know, food service because you mentioned the four-year cycle for someone. You know, I know that assisted living is 18 to 22 months. An independent living, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but obviously it's probably going to be longer than that. Mm -hmm. So I think taking that mindset of, you know, we've got these residents between two to four years in the same place, eating out of the same kitchens, we've got to do something to keep them excited or else they may find a reason to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I also think there's dollars to be captured, right? Yeah. You know, instead of, the family coming in to eat, their family is grabbing their loved one and taking them out to eat, you know, and it, it's an opportunity that I talk about when I, when I, when I speak to groups about, look, this is something that you should be doing for a multiple number of reasons, not just the money revenue aspect, but 
It's going to force you to have to standardize your operation. It's going to force you to have to up your quality um, because now you're not competing with the average, quote unquote, average food service in senior living, but you're, you're competing as a restaurant with restaurants. So. Oh, yeah. I think senior living is a restaurant and yeah. it, it has to stay current and interesting to the guest. And I know as a child of people in senior living, um, we would much rather eat there. It's so much easier to keep your parents in the building and, and have a really wonderful experience there and just go back to their place and make it a nice co- cohesive experience. And, but I think if the food service isn't interesting and, and transparent or whatever, people will go elsewhere. No, I agree. So uh, we're getting close to time, but I wanted to ask you from your vantage point, your experience, what do you think is keeping senior living from seeing menu transparency as a, as a reality? What, what's keeping us from really bringing it to the forefront of what we do? I think it's, it's coming to the forefront. I think the pandemic actually pushed it because I think that during the pandemic, they had to employ some technology to figure out how to serve their guests. And um, I feel like there was, there's so much pressure on labor and other things that transparency is actually gonna help with. Um, I think we'll get there, but it's gonna be the customer. It's gonna be the customer that makes it happen. No, I agree. So, well, Lisa, this has been, uh, I love this conversation. I love the idea of stop starting to think about senior living as a restaurant and not as some sort of institutional food service. Um, and I love what you're doing and, and what you're talking about because I think it makes a lot of sense. So um, it, can you tell the listeners how they can uh, reach out and contact you if they want to you know, pick your brain more about this topic? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, they can link in with me on LinkedIn, of course, but also um, Lisa at menuanalytics, all one word, dot com. And also they can go to our website, menuanalytics.com, and they can find out all about what we do. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. My telephone number is actually on the website, so they can call me directly. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about menu transparency and senior living. And it's been a great conversation. So uh, like I said, thanks for joining me here on Tips from Trestle. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. Another one in the books. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. You can follow or direct message me on LinkedIn, where I'm always commenting and posting about food, hospitality, and leadership for the senior living industry. Or give me a follow on Twitter at AHFish or Instagram at Aaron H. Fish. And check out my company, Trestle Hospitality Concepts, at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish, and this has been another episode of Tips from Trestle.